It's a pleasure and delight to welcome my special guests, Phil Hendricks and his daughter, Carla Cherry Hendricks. A wonderful example of how musical talent runs in the family. Hi, guys. Hello. Hiya. Welcome, welcome. Thank you very much. Thanks for having us on. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Fantastic. I'm going to start with you, Phil. Now, you've had a really varied and exciting career, haven't you? And you started out by forming your own punk band back in school in the 70s, um, The Stiffs. So tell me all about that. Well, we were um, we were 14 or 15 years old when we put the band together at school and um, wrote a few songs and then the, 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 the punk boom came along and we thought, oh, this is that's going to be a lot easier than what we were trying to do uh, Highway Store by Deep Purple and stuff like that. <laughs> when we heard the, uh, the Damned and the Ramones, we thought perhaps we could do a better job on that. <laughs> <laughs> so we, you know, we rehearsed a lot and, and we wrote some songs and um, by, by the end of 1979, we borrowed a few hundred quid off my dad to uh, to put a record out, pressed up a thousand copies and uh, and sent a couple to Radio One, uh, particularly uh, Mike Reed and, and John Peel. Yeah, John Peel, the late great John Peel, was a great fan of yours, wasn't he? He was. He, well, he played that record to death. That was a, a song called Inside Out. Yeah, and, didn't uh, he, he really... say that was the greatest record in the history of the universe? Well, he did. I, I do remember hearing him say it, but I've got no proof. Oh. So people, people think I've made it up. <laughs> Sounds great to me. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and when you were playing as well in those early days, you were so young, weren't you, that you um, you you couldn't even legally buy a pint. No, no, no. We, we well, I mean, we did buy some pints, but oh. <laughs> <laughs> legally, <laughs> not within the law. <laughs> yeah, the letter no, of we the were law. Out, uh, <laughs> we were out playing gigs from sixteen, seventeen years old. So, um, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> fun times. So it was just something that you knew that's what you wanted to do. Yeah, there was never any any doubt in my mind what I wanted to do, and, and I told my careers master in the uh, in the last couple of years at school when he, he <laughs> when he asked me uh, what do you want to do with your life, Hendrix? Which university do you want to go to? That's what I, I want to be a rock star. The University of <laughs> Rock, sir. <laughs> yeah. And I did say that to him, and he told me I was an idiot. He said, "You know, there isn't a there isn't an Elvis Presley born every day." <laughs> Honestly, no encouragement. Goodness me. Well, no. you proved him wrong because you've gone on and, you know, you toured. You've done so much, actually, haven't you? You've toured the world. You toured firstly with Eric Faulkner's Bay City Rollers and then more recently with poor old Les McEwen's Bay City Rollers. Poor Les, we must just mention. Um, yeah, yeah, that, Les. yeah, that must have been a great shock. Well, I mean, Les passed away what, three weeks ago to, today. Um I'd spoken to him ten days earlier, and uh, and he was he was just full of um, excitement about this three four or four month tour that he, yeah, he had. It was booking. He had real plans, didn't you? And you were just waiting yes, for things yeah. to start back again. Oh, he was he was sounding really upbeat, and uh, he was asking, he was trying to make sure if I was available for all his dates, um, and uh, and the next thing I know. Bang, he'd gone. 
Um, but I've got to thank him for for ten good years touring the world and um, and playing a lot of places I, I'd never have dreamt of, of dream uh, <laughs> dreamt of dreaming. <laughs> I never have dreamt of uh, of playing at. Yeah, tell me about some of those. Have you got sort of particular favourites? Well, there's the um, there was the O2 Arena for starters. Um, there was a fabulous casino in in Canada back in I think it was 2013 where it was capacity 5,000 and it was sold out. And because um, Les, Les had agreed to do a meet and greet after the show, and I don't think he anticipated that. 5,000 people <laughs> <laughs> were going to come past. And we were That's a long line of fans, that is. Because <laughs> yeah. the rest of us were thinking, well, you know, we can get a pint in uh, 10 minutes and then we then we saw the queue. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did you manage to get through everybody? Uh, we Well, they did. But then we, you started thinking, I've seen this person before. I think they were coming round again. <laughs> it's only 10 people, really. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, oh, sounds fantastic. And you're doing stuff um, with Philip Wright and the original 70s Paper Lace as well, aren't you? Yes, I mean, well, we're not doing a, well, a not, whole no, lot at yeah, the minute. Nothing but, at the minute, um, but... But generally, yeah, but, I do work yeah, with, with Phil. The idea we, is there. <laughs> yeah, Phil's a great guy and uh, and he's still got a great voice. And, uh, and we went and toured Australia three years ago with, with Phil's Paper Lace, so it's... Um, yeah, a lot of exciting things haven't been happening. Haven't happened. Months. It's not <laughs> happened for a while yet. It won't be long. No. It's all going to go back again. Phil said that when he first met you, it, you just really connected and then he felt like he'd known you forever. Well, he lied. <laughs> <laughs> no, we get on great, uh, Phil and I. When, we, when we're together, we just laugh our heads off most of the time. And, uh, and you know, we can be uncouth to one another. <laughs> Without taking a bend. As you do. <laughs> oh, sounds like great fun. And Carla, it must have been lovely to grow up listening to your parents play because I know that your mum also plays in a band, doesn't she? She's uh, does a Blondie tribute too. So you know what? How lovely for you to have that kind of childhood. What was that like? Yeah, it was. It was amazing, really. You know, I think back at it. You know. Um, I always felt very different to everybody else at school. Um, but, you yeah, know, now I look back at it, I think for good reason. You know, I wasn't, my parents weren't doing the the same old, same old everybody else's were. And, you know, I was able to experience things and meet people just back in the house after school. You know, they'd be working on projects. And, you know, um, I think I took it for granted a bit when I was younger, actually. But now, now I'm older, I feel, you know, really, um, really lucky. Yeah, totally blessed, really. I I imagine your family is this kind of, you know, um, punk, pop, rock, Von Trapp family vibe going on where you just all sing to each other every day, you know, good morning, would you like a piece of toast? Yeah, 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 you know. <laughs> Was it like that? Not quite. <laughs> Not far me, off, though. <laughs> it took me a while to find my confidence with singing. It's like quite a recent thing really so, yeah yeah I definitely wasn't um singing good morning for a very long time <laughs> uh, yeah it took me a while I was a late developer with uh with music I think well you're absolutely brilliant at it congratulations on your two singles I love it and let's talk about those then your debut single astral travel 
I only needed to hear that song once before the chorus totally stuck in my head. And, and actually, it sounds like a really classic song as well. It's got that magic, hasn't it? Um, and your vocal, yeah, I just love it. Your vocal reminded me of Kim Wilde. That's what struck me. And um, and and how did all of the, you know, how did this song manifest itself? Yeah, good question. I'm just trying to think back. It feels like it was so many worlds away. Does it? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Well, I suppose you know, with the lockdown, I retreated away from London and uh, stayed with my parents. And um, I had a lot of time to think and uh, think about what it was I actually really wanted to do rather than just, you know, uh, slaving away at the nine to five job like I had been. Mm. And um, I had time to write things and just sort of review the things that were going around my head. Mm. And um, yeah, I suppose Astral Travel was born just from some notes on my iPhone, um, lyrics wise. And did you chat to dad about it then and sort of share... Yeah, yeah. I just said, you know, it's about time I did something with music and I've got all the time in the world right now and I really want to try it and, and see how it turns out. Um, so, yeah, I gave my dad the lyrics and he put together some sounds on the guitar and then we um, we just collaborated. And after hearing myself back, you know, just from a few takes of, say, the first verse, I gained a little bit more confidence in in my abilities with music and it was a real sort of lockdown epiphany. Oh, fantastic. It's a brilliant song. And and let's talk about your latest song, Twisted. Um, I totally love that riff. I don't, did you come up with that, Phil? Uh, Well, there's a family affair, really. Ah, yes. Michelle and myself and Carla were all involved on on that one. So, you know, the riffs came from outer space. (laughs) <laughs> fantastic because um, it's a really dramatic song as well isn't it yes I like a bit of drama sometimes you yeah. can probably tell by, <laughs> by looking got, at my hair and makeup yeah but I love your image you just look Thank amazing you. yeah you're beautiful you're a very good looking family aren't you all of you thank you so much yeah oh thank you <laughs> so so Twisted has done really well didn't you get to number one um in one of the charts it was United DJs yes. yeah so that was amazing you know um couldn't believe it when I when I found out um that was just just what I needed really you know to to say right you're doing the right thing people are enjoying this and absolutely so do you feel like there's a certain pressure then because of how the greatness of your father yeah I mean I think (laughs) we help each other and it's all very humble um yeah you know my dad inspires what I do and helps me with what I do and you know I think um we we do completely different things as well so I see it as sort of a fair playing field (laughs) absolutely yeah Phil let's talk about your album Radio Calling I think it's a great album it's received a lot of love hasn't it and um, most of the tracks you've written yourself but there are a couple on there by other folk Um, Love Me Always was written by a really good friend of yours uh, who sadly passed away too a few years back Over End Watts tell me about that song well Over End he wrote that song back in 1975 when, when Ian Hunter had left Mop the Hoople the uh, the band decided to continue as Mott, but before they found a new singer, the songwriting duties fell to Overend, 
Um, and, and that was a song that they'd done a, a, a rough demo for in 75 when they were between singers, but it had never been used. So I, I'd heard this song and um, and I just loved it. I could see why why Mott hadn't done it because it was the wrong style for them. But I but I thought, well, if I can just uh, beef this up a little bit, yeah. I think it's a winner um, because I've never felt like if I make an album that everything has to be my song. If I if there's a good song that I think people should hear, then let's have a go at it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, sharing. That's brilliant. Uh, and yeah. um, and you've got a couple of Dave Philp numbers on there too, haven't you? Again, Dave and I have been friends for, what, 20 years. Um, but he's one of the great unsung underdog heroes of songwriting to me. Uh. Dave, Dave wakes up in the morning and he's written two songs before he hits the bottom of the stairs. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and and again, there were two songs that, that he effectively abandoned. I'd recorded them, but he hadn't used them on any albums. And um, I just thought, I, I can't leave these songs unheard. So I, I, I covered them. There's a um, radio blaring out from a burning car. Yeah, and uh, which Dave duets with me on, and um, if you don't know by now, which is another great uh, specterish uh, pop rock song. Yeah, brilliant tracks. Carla, have you got a favourite on the album? Oh, that's a tricky one. I know. I hate it. I'm trying to. She never heard it. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like it depends on my mood, to be honest. Um, you know, I think Love Me Always is a really um, heartwarming song. But then I like, um, yeah, I just like a mixture. I can't choose one. I just Everyone's can't. a winner. <laughs> I'm going to have to get the cover out and remind her what's on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's another thing as well. I'm like, which one's, uh, yeah, me too. Uh, well, I really like even the smart ones are dumb. I think that's dead catchy. I reckon that's my favourite. Well, that's my favourite too. Okay. Yay. <laughs> Hooray. <laughs> um, tell me about the UK Collective, Phil. Right. Well, through the lockdown, um, you know, I, I, I kind of spent most of the last 10 months pushing my album and, um, and trying to get airplay, trying to sell a few copies. And... Uh, it, it turns out that a lot of people are doing the same thing. So just out of um, social media, we developed a, a relationship between, well, Dave Phelps has long been a friend of mine, but then Billy Brown, who's another great musician, and Neil Frost. We all started talking to each other and, um, and we thought, well, what about the idea of helping one another to get radio play and helping each other with contacts. Um, and that developed into recorded, recording together. So uh, so we've done this song, Daylight Robbery, which is a bit of a, a, bit of a snipe about the, uh, the way that streaming is going uh, at the moment and the fact that, that artists are making virtually nothing because... The streaming seems to be the, the format of the yeah. of the future. It does. It's a shame, isn't it? I mean, you are making a really valid point. And I know um, artists like Gary Newman and Taylor Swift have highlighted it too. 
it is daylight robbery. Well, it is. I mean, when you, when someone streams your song, you, you know, if you're lucky, you get a third of a, of a penny per, per stream, you know. And it's not even a slice stream. of bread, is it, that? No, it's not even the butter. It's not. It's not. <laughs> and um, and all the major companies like like iTunes and Amazon who were selling uh, MP3s, so where people would actually buy the MP3 at least, mm. are now actively trying to steer people towards their their streaming services as well. Obviously, yeah. somebody has come up with the idea, the business model that it's better to just get people to pay twenty quid a month or whatever it is um, than to buy people's product. Yeah. Gone of the days of having something physical in your hands. Well, it makes you wonder in a, in a few years, you know, nobody will have any record collection. If, um, you know, is it going to be on a memory stick? Let's have a look at your record collection. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't lose the stick, goodness me. <laughs> but it's not, going to, it's not even going to be on the memory stick if people just keep streaming. This, you know, it's not, you don't even own it. No, no, you're absolutely right. Well, you should tell us the best way to get hold of your music. Carla, how can we, I... yeah, oh. let, Carla, how would we get hold of your um, singles? So it's on, they're on a variety of platforms, but uh, we've recently discovered that Bandcamp is a really good, um, good page to go to because they're actually fair and, yeah. you know, they pay you you know, a, de- a decent amount compared to the other streaming services and you can buy the the music. So Bandcamp, I think, would be the most ideal. <laughs> so we look for Carla Cherry Hendrix on Bandcamp. Yes. And Phil, is that the same for you with those platforms? Absolutely, yeah. We, yeah. As Carla said, I mean, we've realised that Bandcamp is the one place where you can actually make, well, get them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let me stop short of saying where you can make money. <laughs> well, you know, you do need to. This yeah, is your livelihood, yeah. so it's fair. Well, not well, not out of not out of greed, just because of your just, work, you know, you, and why you not? work hard. <laughs> yeah, and you know, you're respected musicians, so it's only yeah. fair and true and right, I think. Um yeah. what are we let's think about the future. What's on the horizon? Carla, are we gonna see you do some live gigs? I really hope so. Yeah, I, I have one penciled in already. Ooh, tell me about it's only, it. It's only the one. Well, one of my best friends, uh, she's a spoken word artist and poet, and wow. she's releasing, well, she's actually got a book out, um, a poetry book to purchase at the moment. And uh, she's asked me to perform at her book launch night, um, which is very exciting where That'll there'll be, be physical lovely. copies there. Yeah. And it's uh, in London. Um at Brewdog, <laughs> so, <laughs> <Great>. in the basement <laughs> of um, a chain um, brewery, basically. Yeah. But it's a, it's a good space, you know, very trendy, lots of interesting people in the area in Dalston. So, yeah, that will be my first gig. Um, Ooh, but then I suppose we'll just have to see, you know, how it, how it goes with COVID and, yeah. um, and work from there. So, Phil, are you playing then in the band? Well, I, I mean, I think Carl's just going to do that one solo. Because oh, really? Obviously, what is it, putting a band together. Hasn't Could you put possible. like do acoustic though? She <laughs> could go unplugged. It could, yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, people have suggested. People yeah. have suggested that, but I do yeah. think with my songs they sound better. Yeah. With that, 
I know what you mean. Yeah, with all the whole drama and everything, you can have all that kind of theatrical spectacle. That's it. Brilliant. And Phil, what are your plans? Well, I hope to get back to to uh, gigging as soon as possible. The, the, the next the next thing that I've got that's definitely supposed to be happening. Um, <laughs> that's what we've been hearing a lot. Yeah. <laughs> is uh, is a show at the Indigo at the O2 with uh, playing guitar for Meryl Osmond. Of course, you won't remember. You, you're probably too young to remember Meryl. <laughs> Tell me about Meryl. Let's learn about Meryl. <laughs> Well, Merrill was the, uh, you know, uh, people commonly believe that Donny Osmond was the lead singer of the Osmonds. Of course, Donny Osmond had a separate career, but he was also a member of the Osmonds band. But the lead singer of the Osmonds band was Merrill Osmond. Right. Oh, cool. (laughs) So Merrill is, uh, is touring later in the year with his own show um, and he's doing this show in uh, the Indigo at the O2 on the 12th of June and that's going to be a a, a live internet uh, pay-to-view stream as well so it's uh, we, we did one in November and it was quite successful so Merrill obviously thought it's worth doing another one. Sounds fantastic great stuff well not long now then definitely hopefully maybe you know get those dates yeah. and you know, and best of luck with both of them and i can't wait to come and see you both play be well, i hope it's not too long i know i don't think it will be now i think it's onwards and upwards everything's going to just be fine isn't it Fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's let's, been let's, su- let's go that way. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Everything is groovy. <laughs> um, it's been such a pleasure and delight to meet the pair of you. Is this the, your first daddy daughter interview? It is. First time, yeah. we, first time we've spoken to each other. <laughs> 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 Do you know what? I bet you really miss her now because you went back, didn't you, over that furlough period, as you were saying. I bet you really, you know, miss miss your daughter being around the house. And well, she's been here for for a year, and and she's she's become a a, a fabulous chef as well so <laughs> so you're missing the nosh. <laughs> yeah. yeah, if the music goes down the drain, I'll be. I'll be in the kitchen. <laughs> you can always open a restaurant. Okay. It will. That will not happen. You've got a really bright future ahead. You've got an amazing image. You've got a great vocal and some brilliant ideas and a plethora of amazing musicians surrounding you. So thank you so much, Phil and Carla Cherry, and all the very best. Thank you well, so thank much. You. It's been lovely. Thank you very much. All right, <laughs> pleasure. Then. Thanks. 